Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. In the house this afternoon, we have Bridge MCP from uh, upstate New York, May Wood from Long Beach, California, Michael Rudnin from Brooklyn, New York, Melanie Keelan from Barcelona, Spain, Alistair Waters from Conroe, Texas. Uh, let's see, Paul Fleming from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm testing my memory here, folks. That's what I'm doing. I'm trying to do these memory exercises, you know. So, hey, bear with me. Bear with me. All right. And I think I got everybody that's in the house so far. Everybody in the house so far caught the morning show today. You know what? It's interesting that you caught the morning show, Melanie, because I forgot as I, I had some technical difficulties to start the show. We had to do some logging in and logging out, etc. And we started the feed late, but it seems like you came in late enough to get the start of the feed. So we had to do all kinds of stuff. Let's see. Egberto, among, uh, Pound Among Us is my favorite memory exercise. I should try it. All right. For once, I'm more or less on time. You are Maywood, and we're happy to see you here on time. And of course, Alistair Waters says, I was watching the back of my eyelids this morning, Melanie Keelan. That means you were sleeping. Your eyes were closed. Biden's second term economic agenda will focus heavily on tax fairness that makes wealthy people and corporations pay more and will likely revisit unrealized funding for child care and other workforce expansions. I don't know what he will be able to do with his the power of the pen because he won't get any help at all. Michael Rudnan would like me to read this entire long thing, given that it came from Michael Rudnan, and given that Michael hasn't been giving us this long verbiosity for a long time, I think he has earned it. Won't you say that, folks? I think so, and it's a good subject. Columbus Dispatch. Ohio City targets pastor who helped homeless stay warm in freezing weather. I read that article. What's the crime? Being homeless is not a crime. Helping the homeless should not be a crime. The real crime is what we do not do nearly enough to help those in need. While our society leaves far too many out in the cold, Reverend Chris Avil of Dad's Place in Tiny Bryan, Ohio, is in 53 miles southwest of Toledo, finds himself in legal peril. The pastor's supposed crime? Taking in homeless people. Avil is accused of violating the law when he opened the doors in his church 24 hours a day for those who need a place to escape the elements. That was, uh, was uh, that he was arraigned January 11th. Avil pled not guilty on 18 zoning violations, speaks volumes about adherence of policies, even when doing so is utterly ridiculous and harmful. It speaks even more about our collective neglect of the needy. Yep, yep. That very thing was on my mind as I laid warm in my bed thinking about the case as temperatures outside dropped below freezing to below 20 uh, Fahrenheit on a recent night. This weekend's temperature in Columbus are expected to be below freezing again. Many of the city's homeless residents will be in shelters. Many will be left out in the cold. What Avil did seemed a humane no-brainer. The people needed shelter despite being warned to stop in November. The pastor kept providing that shelter, even though his church was not zoned to do what churches do, feed and house those in need. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? What are we doing as a nation? This is our nation saying zoning laws are more important than poor people's lives. Let them die. 
That's what they're saying. Let them die to but follow the zoning laws. What are we doing? Three homeless people had already frozen to death there. Where are the Christians who talk about religious persecution? This is basically the state government doing persecution against Christians. This happened six days ago, but I haven't seen it as a national story. All right. Soul crawl Christians don't care about the poor and downtrodden. Jesus would weep at what this followers have uh, what his followers has become. I saw the story and I don't remember if I mentioned it at KFFT. I intended to do so. But Mr. Rudnin, um you you gave me a little feeling there that maybe in this political arena where I'm trying to cover so much of these other political things, I need to step back myself and give voice to that kind of notion as well. So I want to thank you for bringing that story up because I, I think that's a jab at me or it that must be a jab at me as well. Because as someone who's putting out stories, not necessarily on uh, on MSNBC, etc., I think I should have made sure to make that a bigger story, and I will. I will. Yvette Avery Herod is in the house. Yvette from Atlanta, Georgia. How did I miss that one, Yvette? You were right in between the lines, my eyes. You know, sometimes I wonder. Come on, Egberto. All right. Uh, From Paul Fleming, he says, breaking former Trump White House advisor, Peter Navarro, was sentenced to four months and ordered to pay a $9,500 fine for defying a congressional subpoena to cooperate with the House Select Committee that investigated the January 6th attack. And, you know, I I heard he gave a little letter in the, the, like, kind of saying, I'm sorry, that kind of a stuff. But the judge wasn't taken by that because he saw him do the TV rounds, the blog rounds, the podcast rounds, where he has no, 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 attri- what is it, attrition? What, you know, contrition whatsoever. So good for him. He should, they should lock him up for the full six months that he could have locked him up. Uh, Paul Flemings also says Biden's second term. Well, I read that one already. Uh, Melanie Keelan caught the morning show. Who else am I missing here? Uh, Let's say, uh, yes, I'm going to look for Among Us exercise. Okay. Uh, It was super interesting. I always enjoy it. I'm glad you enjoy our morning show. Uh, Let's see what else we got here. Kingwood Ready and Security Alliance. I hope we talk about the declaration from Abbott today. Texas is pushing back against irresponsible federal government. Wow. In other words, we'll only follow the directions of the federal government when we want to, when it suits us. We forget about federalism. We forget about all of that. If we don't like it, hey, we go and push up against it. No, I hope uh, the Biden administration handles, uh, although that's probably what he wants. <clears throat> I hope it handles the president appropriately. The pre- oh, uh, not the president, the governor. Our governor is a thug. It's an evil thug. And I meant I mean that exactly by the definition of each of those words. And I don't say that lightly. He's a I mean, if you take a look at what he does, he's in a wheelchair and what was given to him by being in a wheelchair, he wants to deny others. Shame on him. 
Bridge MCP says, Michael, four House Republicans, including Representative Kevin McCarthy, the minority leader, signaled on Thursday that they would not cooperate with the subpoenas from the committee investigating the Jan 6 attack on the Capitol, posing a dilemma for the panel that could have broad implications for the inquiry and for Congress itself. Representatives Jim Jordan of Ohio, Scott Ferry of Pennsylvania, Andy Biggs of Arizona, and letters to others. Uh, uh, Mr. McCarthy of California filed. Yeah, that is old, huh? All right, let's continue. Let's continue. Let's continue. Uh, Paul Fleming says on January 6, 2021, the Tim Scott was running from MAGA on January 2030. He's won. <laughs> Listen, he's a minstrel, right? I think, I mean, he, oh, Donald Trump, I love you. Donald Trump looks at him and says, You must hate Mickey, Nikki Haley. After all, she appointed you to the Senate. And you're supporting me. You hate her. You didn't want to say he hated her. So he come and said, no, Donald, I just love you more. Oh, Lord. That was so embarrassing. That was so embarrassing. Anyhow, anyhow, continue. Lee Grant is in the house. How are you doing, Lee Grant? Uh, let's see what else we got here. What else we got here? Michael Renzo, Egberto, thank you for reading the post. Of course, man. Of course. That was an important post. Very important post. Uh, let's see. Lee Grant says Carrie was badass in recording, then released the tape of the attempted bribe. I know I was I wanted to pat Carrie Lake on her back. You go, girl. Show us the corruption in your party, even though you are part of it yourself by saying by knowing that uh, Donald Trump lost the election and still trying to make it not so. But hey, as long as you beat enough in the dude, it's OK. All right, folks. Anyhow, I, you know, I love grassroots action. I love I want all our communities to realize that they are already empowered and to use that empowerment, right? That's what we want. Our and already empowered communities to use that empowerment and with that I interviewed a local group here uh and it's called Somos Spring Branch, which means we are Spring Branch and they're getting together to do things in the community. And I wish every community, whether a part of a municipality, a part of a city or whatever, people need to get together and do these kinds of things. So let's go ahead and listen to our interview of the day, and then we'll proceed with the program thereafter. Welcome to another edition of Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Today, we are honored to have two very special people. Why is that? You know, we speak a whole lot about organizing and doing things at the grassroots. Well, we have the queen and the king of grassroots here in Harris County. No doubt they actually put their actions where their mouth is. We are honored to have Diana Martinez, president of Somos Spring Branch, and David Lopez, the treasurer of Somos Spring Branch. For those of you who are followers of Politics and Right have seen Diana on our show many times before. Diana, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for asking, and thanks for having us on today. Well, let me tell you, one of the reasons that I, as soon as I got the press release that you guys have gotten your 501c4, for me, it was a, a level of excitement because what we want to push continuously is, first of all, community involvement, and secondly, grassroots movement. That is where you actually get control of your own government. So tell me a little bit about this organization. So our uh, community has been historically underserved, and we want to make sure that we're providing opportunities 
for our community to mobilize, to get good information, to feel empowered, and to really gain agency through all uh, political processes because it affects their basic needs and just feeling um, powerful as a community. Now, uh, David, you uh, this this organization is while you just got your C4, it's not new. Tell us a little bit what actually got you guys involved in the community, uh, knowing that you needed some sort of a grassroots organization. Yeah, it's a great question. I um, Tomo Screaming Branch has existed loosely since 2019, and it all started off. Um, a need for representation on the school board. Um, it, it came about um, after an election um, that I ran in 2019 uh, for the school board. And then um, we just got, that just brought people together, right? And when we bring people together, we talk about issues that are happening in the community. And we found out that uh, in a school at Northbrook High School, there were um, reports of uh, students being told that they can't speak Spanish in non-instructional setting, um, which is a possible violation. And um, so we started organizing around that. We did community walks, we did a Know Your Rights session. Um, and uh, so that was like the first iteration of Thomas Green Branch a long time ago. Um, most recently, um, it came, we we reactivated Thomas Spring Branch because Spring Branch ISD had announced um, school closures, uh, school closures that were disproportionately affecting um, Latino and working class families on the north side of Spring Branch. And we knew that some of Spring Branch could be a, a, a vehicle for um, members in the community to make their voice heard. So that was the most recent actions that we, we took. You know what is what is so interesting is why would and, and it behooves me, right? We should all be additive, not subtractive. Why would having kids speak Spanish be a negative as opposed to saying for the non-Spanish speakers, they would somehow get a chance to maybe acquaint themselves with another language. Why so limited, Diane? Why is it that this even becomes a problem? I would say that it's a short-sightedness about what, uh, you know, linguistic and cultural diversity uh, brings to a community. And, um, I think that as a resident, a, a longtime resident of Spring Branch, I have felt like we haven't um, embraced and felt embraced by um, the powers that be and those who make decisions about um, schooling and uh, resources haven't been in that mindset. And it speaks to the need for representation. It speaks to the need for having those crucial conversations and those difficult conversations because we're here and we're not going anywhere. So it's about pushing um, for change in those spaces uh, where decisions are being made. That is interesting that you mentioned the word representation, because that is exactly the thing. I mean, with I, I think at one time Spring Branch had just what's called uh, at large districts. I think all all elections were done by an at large, which meant that, um, you know, uh, uh, if, if you're, you're if, if you're in a community, a working community 
couldn't have a lot of time to do a lot of voting and in opportune times, the, 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 the representation on these boards are generally very skewed. And I think you guys, uh, one of the inception of this organization was to ensure that there are laws to mitigate that. Is that correct, uh, David? Yes. Yeah, so uh, Supreme Ranch IC is still a fully at-large uh, board. And um, we, the, between that first iteration in 2019 and, and the uh, 2023, 2024, uh, some of Supreme Ranch actions, we actually did support um, the uh, some organizing around the lawsuit. There's a current uh, uh, voting rights lawsuit um, that was the supposed to go to trial in December, but was affected by other courts in another part of the country. Um, so it's on pause right now. But uh, yeah, a voting rights lawsuit to hold the district accountable to a systemic, systemically racist uh, voting system that um, for forever ha uh, has, um, has really hampered the ability of uh, people of color and everyone in the community to have a representative of their choice on on the board um, up to up until 2022 there had never been a person of color elected to the spring ranch isd school board meanwhile 75 percent of the students are students of color 56 percent are economically disadvantaged all of the trustees live south of i-10 which you know economically is one of the wealthiest parts of our state and honestly of our country um, so that disparity is what we were organizing around back then and what we're still going to focus on this year um, in, in Spring Branch. You know, as an activist myself, I understand how so, a lot of this stuff works, right? In other words, uh, the, the students in these school districts are just the, the widgets of production for the rich folks who, why would they want to be on the, screen, on, on the, on the board anyway? because of what they actually get in supplying uh, your students. So therefore you provide the widgets for them and they, they do everything else. Now, um, how successful have you been, uh, Diane, in making the people aware? Because the truth of the matter is uh, pe people that are disadvantaged economically, social and otherwise, uh, voting is important and they believe in voting. Uh, it's just one other thing that if it's not made very easy for them, it's just one of the things that they they let go for other priorities. How are you working to really uh, tell people, let's do make a little bit of sacrifice to further engage yourself? 75% of our students are people of color. We're not saying that people of color have to be represented by people of color, but people of color needs to be represented by people who have interest in all. And what you find is that's generally not the case with a lot of those represented on the board. That's correct. And so if we're looking at those infrastructure um, changes to allow for broader representation throughout the district, that's more um, um, indicative and representative of the actual population um, that can be done through single member districts or some sort of hybrid, which we've been um, pushing for. But it also um, can be done through early voting locations or changing the date of the election itself because it is in tandem with some of those the small village municipal elections, which again skews the um, 
electorate towards people on the South side. Um, and there's not really a huge um, drive for people to go out to the polls in May when there's nothing else on the ballot and the election is conducted by the school district itself. So um, it's not run by Harris County um, and there are uh, voting locations that are at the the schools, like the middle schools um, on election day. But if you have early voting locations, um, they were historically um, disproportionately placed on the south side of the freeway. And if you have um, people who are, um, they don't have cars or they're reliant on buses, then I timed it and it would be up to three buses to get to a polling location. They've um, tried to make them more um, spread out because we brought awareness to that. But also it's meeting people where they are, meeting our community members and talking to them about their real issues and letting them kind of uh, drive our actions based on what their concerns are. And that's how you can make movement when it's based on the needs of the people. Now, um, uh, David, or is your is a concern of this organization, Somos Spring Branch, solely about the school district? Or are you going to make this more of a grassroots, politically engaged community type organization that will today's topic is or not today's topic, but today's project, if you will, is we want to make sure that the school board is run appropriately. Are you going to work on some other projects as well? Absolutely. We are, we, this, we're setting almost Spring Branch to be the, one of the major community organizing groups on the North side of Spring Branch. Also one of the only ones, right? Um, that was part of the reason why we, why we coalesce as a, as a group is because there's been a lack of organized people um, and organized money as well on the North side that brings in a multiracial coalition um, to advocate for policies and laws that benefit um, everyone in this district. So um, right now we do have um, one goal and one focus on this next election that's coming up in Spring Branch ISD in May. The filing deadline is February 14th. And currently there's two people filed and with no opponent um, and two people filed that align with the current school board. So we're really trying to find someone. So if anybody's here and live in Spring Branch, want to want to run and you and your values align with Soma Spring Branch, you know, reach out. We can help. Um, well, but hold on, hold on, hold on. This is going to be played on KPFT. So I want you to look into the camera and look into the microphone and tell folks that you guys must have not don't ask demand of the community. You guys must come out here. We need two candidates that represent the community running in this election. We've got the parts. Please, David, please go for it. Spring Branch, now is the time. We need you to run. If you value inclusion, if you value every child having a representative on our school board, the filing deadline's coming up, reach out to us. We will help you. Um, and we need you to run this year um, because if if it's not now, if it's gonna, we're gonna have an election every year, right? And we need you now. You know, it's interesting, folks. It's very easy to to get to these people's Somos Spring Branch at gmail dot com. Somos Spring Branch and Somos for the non Spanish speakers is S O M O S. Somos Spring Branch at gmail 
Com. Anyway, uh, look, I'm glad to hear that you're going to be engaged in a lot of other things. I hope you all, Diana, will be engaged in the, uh, in the general purpose election because this is also an election that's going to be, in my humble opinion, not just at the presidential level, but at the district level, at, the, at, at all these levels, very important for all of us. Uh, are you guys going to be engaged with the, uh, the November election as well? It's definitely on on our um, list to make sure that we're um, bringing people information about the election, um, talking to them about issues and plugging them in with opportunities to get out the vote, to get themselves registered, to get their family and friends registered and neighbors, because we know that uh, people will um, trust people that they have in their circle. And we want to make use of those connections because that's the only way we move the needle. That's the only way we make change. And it's for the betterment of our community. And we're not going anywhere, like I mentioned before, and we're devoted to this cause. You know, uh, Diana, one of the reasons, again, like I said, I wanted to feature you all, because this is not just local for Spring Branch. This is what every community in Texas, every community in Oklahoma, Alabama, New York, needs to do. We talk a lot about government not working or government being bad as we have to start taking responsible responsibility for being the government. I know you personally, Diane, you've run, you've you've done uh, your work and show that you are going to be a participant in government. Please keep doing that. And I'm just very happy to see that uh, we have an engaged community. The last question I always ask, and you should know this, Dan, but I'm going to ask David first to give you a little break. What question would you have liked me to ask you, David, that I didn't ask you? And be prepared for the same question, Diana. Um, I would have loved a question asking, how are you going to fund all of these, uh, all of this community organizing, yes. all of the get out the vote? Um, and I'm happy to answer myself. Please um, do. <laughs> we are now 501c4. So we um, we have a, a founding donor fundraising campaign right now. Um, and if you are out there, I'm going to speak back into the camera. Um, please support. Um, if, if you believe that um, communities should work within themselves to make sure that they're, that there's community well-being. If, if you believe in civic engagement, if you believe in the power of community and collective action, this is an organization that uh, you should support. Um, and go to somofreemranch.org um, or our Instagram, and you can uh, find our ActBlue donation link there. Same question for you, Deanna. I would say uh, I would like for you to have asked, how can I get involved or how can I help? And beyond just donations, we also need people to share our information, to plug in on our social media, um, because I really, I firmly believe that the key to um, turning the state and really solidifying the work that has been done across many areas in Harris County is in Spring Branch. And so um, I, I, will, I will be working diligently to that end. And I know that other people are interested too. So I want us to connect and get to work. Diana Alexander, David Lopez, 
of Somos Spring Branch. Thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. And please, folks, go to SomosSpringBranch.org. Be a part of it. Thank you. We spend a lot. Hey, guys, Somos means uh, we are. It's sort of a compound word. It's somos. It means we are. We are. So it's we are spring branch, meaning the people are spring branch. That's what it stands for. Anyhow, going to our mail, uh, Bruce said, uh, quiero entender español. I want to understand Spanish. That's a good thing, my friend. Uh, let's see what else we got here. We also, uh, they, they chose 501c4 over C3. I didn't ask them that question, but that is likely because you have more power with the C4 as far as being able to engage politically, things that you can't do as a C3. As C3, you can do learning and teaching, etc., which makes your stuff tax deductible. But as C4, you can actually engage in political action and you can donate to candidates and that sort of stuff. All right, let's see. Bruce also says must, most of the swamp monsters left as soon as they found out they were not going to be part of a creative team. Yep. All right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, let's see, Lee Grant says, it's important for progressives and the left to prepare themselves psychologically for that. Trump will happen. Okay, if you think so. Look, I have, I have dual citizenship, man. If things get too bad, I'll just go home and live in Panama. The truth of the matter is, uh, my retirement, uh, my social security... I uh, will go a lot further in whenever I get it that in Panama than it would here in the United States anyway. Uh, let's see. Mike Cisak says, they really aren't talking about people of color. Rather, they want a bunch of leftists elected and think POCs would have such leftist ideals. That's a really racist mindset. You are so devoted to race, man. Oh, my God. And everything left is about race. Oh, my God. I feel so hurt about you, Michael Cisak. I feel so hurt. I feel so hurt that you would think that way, Michael Cisak. All right. You know, I, I am sorry I wasn't ready. I gave a rant on uh, one of our KPFT shows this morning because people were talking about Donald Trump a lot today. And I was pissed because people normalize Donald Trump, right? They love to normalize Donald Trump. And, you know, if, Don, if Donald Trump had a, if Obama, or to some extent, even uh, Biden, if he had several baby mamas, if he had children out of wedlock, if he, if he raped a woman, or that, that the, the judge said that he raped a woman, if he talked about grabbing women by their private parts, uh, which these are things that we know for a fact because we also have them on video. If he did all these things, do you think Obama could honestly, uh, Lee, this is for you too. Do you honestly think somebody with such a moral defect could be president if it weren't a white guy? Do you think Hillary Clinton would have gotten away with that? I mean, hell, just putting a server in her office that really was a joke. It was no different than having a server in the cloud, given that the same... Look, I do MX records with, with, um, with mail and that sort of stuff. It's a joke, that stuff that they try to put on Hillary with 
with uh, the mail. The, the, the reporters knew nothing about how SMTP works and how pop works or any of that. So they could be fooled by anybody. So, oh, my God, Hillary Clinton could have classified mail in her home in a server. The server probably wasn't even in her. I don't know if, if she even had a physical server or it's in the cloud. I don't know. But it's a joke. But look at the defects that Donald Trump has. I'm not even talking about the ones that people can't quite see. I'm talking about the ones that we have on tape, on video. All of these things. I'll be honest with you, Lee. It, it, it depresses. It should depress everybody. That with all those defects, one would still elect or vote for a person that is so bad awful. Somebody that took people's money away who, and, and made them believe they had a university degree. Took their money away. Did, that, did nothing for them. Thousands of dollars. Just took their money. Steak, water. When people go to repair their, uh, do the jobs at his hotels, stiff them, leave them with bills and force them into court because he know he could outlast them in court. But you don't, and, and you, and you feel okay to vote for that guy. I don't, I, I swear to you, Mike and others, I cannot understand how you can look in the mirror after voting for such a defective, immoral person. I try to put myself in your shoes. I'm sorry. I can't see it. And Breach has something for the screen that I want to get up on the screen. Let me get it for you, my dear, beautiful lady. All right, I'm going to get it for you. Let's see. Put it on the screen, Egberto. Put it on the screen. There we go. Here's what Bridge wants for the screen. The last time I was in office, hate crimes rose 55%. Hate crime rose by 95%. Hate groups rose by 55%. Hate crimes rose by 19.5%. The debt increased by 39%. The trade deficit increased by 21%. The net jobs loss was 2.9 million people. So far, Biden has created over 14 million. COVID killed more than world, Americans than World War II. Highest debt to GOP ratio since World War II. Incited an attack on our capital. Stole classified documents. $3.8 billion diverted from the military for the wall I said Mexico would pay for. Think about that. And I mean, every one of those items that Breach put in that little meme, it is very fiable. You can look it up and see it. So I repeat, I cannot understand. I cannot understand that there are people who will actually vote for such a defective human being. And, you know, Daniel says, what opinion will you have if your fellow Americans, when they vote in President Trump, in, uh, if they vote President Trump in, they do, right? But it will tell me more about those who voted for him. It'll tell me more. I mean, I can't do anything. It's democracy, right? But if, if people are so gullible and so mentally deficient, to think that somebody like that 
is good for this country, then we deserve what we would have gotten, right? But anyhow, let, let me show, let, let you listen to what Carville had to say. James Carville, who helped uh, Clinton back in the 90s get elected, he is flabbergasted at the normalization of Donald Trump. And he did a very short piece that really got to me. I want you to listen to this, and then we'll take it on the other side. Check out what Carville had to say. Jason Miller in the Port Des Moines Hotel reminds me of a bunch of German reporters in some Munich uh, bar in 1935 saying, hey, Goring, he was an entertaining guy. I tell you what, he had some great stories. Nothing is normal about this at all. And you watched his speech last night. It was completely unhinged. And what I am obsessed with is stop treating him like he is a normal candidate, that this is some kind of Bob Doe, Mitt Romney. This is really mm. not, Ari. And, you know, the polling was accurate in Iowa. It was actually accurate in 2022. People just substituted their own judgment for the numbers that were sitting right in front of them. But if you look at this, there is a chance that Trump could win this election. And the way that sure. he wins is he's treated as a normal candidate. Look, young James, you got your views and he's got his views. And he's a, uh, been found to be a rapist by a jury. Why, why in the New York Times or anybody, every time he's in Donald Trump, who was found by a jury to have raped a woman, comma, said this. We don't, the public doesn't, we're ill-informing the public of just what a wretched human being this man is. And there is a giant yeah. effort to try to normalize this. You, you see what Carville did there, and he's right. Usually when you're writing news stories about a subject, it would be like, uh, yes, Egberto Willis, host of Politics Done Right, uh, says XYZ. Or it would say uh, John Peters who was formerly convicted of doing X, Y, Z, said this. Well, you know what? Donald Trump, some of the most heinous things that he did should qualify him whenever they're talking about him. So it should be Donald Trump, uh, a former convicted rapist, right? Uh, done X, Y, Z. But because that isn't in the psyche of people, they don't take seriously that this criminal has done so many bad things. Mike Cisak says, whoa, another person who is spreading a lie. Mike, did he say, I, I, I grab women by their private parts? Yes or no. That alone should be disqualifying. Did he have to pay $25 million because he had a fraudulent uh, organization uh, I mean, masquerading as a university? Cha-ching, yes, he paid a big fine about. We can go on and on and on and on about the bad things that he did. But you know what? You have to become willfully ignorant. You have to really decide that you, whatever reason it is for which you want to hold on to that guy. Mike Sisek, in your case, I wonder what is it about, what is Trump offering to you that makes you so want him to be your leader? I find it strikingly, strikingly uh, problematic. And that is just saying it as nice 
as I could. Uh, it would be interesting if we elected a criminal. Anyhow, uh, I have another video for you. And this is a good one. The fact of the matter is this. And this doesn't happen only under Biden. It didn't only happen under Obama. It didn't happen under, under Clinton. It didn't happen under only Johnson. And we can go uh, Carter, president after president. The, the GDP, the economy of the United States does better under democratic presidents. That's a statement of fact. And it's not in the uh, margin of error. It is a substantial difference in the economy when Democrats are in charge versus when Republicans are in charge. And I, I you know, uh, a, a lot of people don't like to say what the theory is. A lot of economists don't like to say it. And the reason they don't want to say it is because what it pretends is that we must eliminate the possibility of billionaires who really have not earned their billions and put the monies where it belongs. And the money belongs in the hands of the people who work. It's that simple. The people who work, the people who create, the people who design, the people who do things are the ones who are meritorious of the wealth of this country. It's that simple. But let's just go ahead and hear this piece uh, that was done on Morning Joe this morning that talks about this. Breaking news, the economy grew at 3.1%. I mean, that's... Andrew Ross Sorkin will be on Andrew Ross Sorkin will be... What's that, Alex? Oh, I'm sorry. It's actually the economy grew at a 3.3% pace. This, this breaking news alert from the Washington Post, incorrect. 3.3% pace. Mm -hmm. I mean, right. you look at record low unemployment. You look at the jobs created. Suddenly, morning in America in 1984 looks a little cloudier compared to what Joe Biden has right now and why Donald Trump is saying he hopes the economy crashes. Yeah, if you if you get the Peter Millar men's grill Republicans away from uh, the group and you talk to them, uh, these enabling votes uh, within the Republican Party, they'll admit uh, because it, it, it's true that every one of them is richer today than they were a week ago and richer today than they were three years ago. Uh, it's just yeah. a fact for the uh, in, invested class in America. It is in going incredibly well. The employment numbers are stronger as you look across the, the whole uh, spectrum as, as you're talking about. And one of them said to me, and this is not someone who uh, uh, is going to be in any danger of carrying an NPR tote bag around, a uh, very conservative guy, last summer said... I don't think people understand the, the legislation that Biden passed, the money's moving into the economy, the investments are coming with the CHIPS Act, it's coming with infrastructure, the economy's going to be hot and inflation will be down by the time this election unfolds. So the question yeah. is, if you want to vote on your pocketbook, uh, that's and, and you're going to be rational about it. The stock market, as we know, as one indicator, does better under Democrats. And it, it drives Always. Republicans crazy. Always. Yeah. And it drives oh, them nuts. Yeah. 
and they yell mm-hmm. and they pound and, you know, but it's just it's just the case. Now, could will yeah. those people vote for Joe Biden? Uh, I, this is where I get puzzled. Uh, and I mean that, uh, not being, not being clever. I don't understand a, a partisan mind that won't allow you in a really, as what our friend Michael Beschloss calls a democratic lowercase d emergency to have to vote a party line or write in Donald Duck or something. You know, why can't you vote for a constitutionalist incumbent president? Why not? It's a really good question because this is this is this is not a battle between a Republican and a Democrat. Now, right. this is a battle for somebody who supports American democracy exactly. and somebody who openly supports illiberal. It's something leadership completely different, like like Orban. A couple of. And let me explain that because this is important, and there's a reason why Democrats do better. You know, they talk about Democrats spending. That's true. Democrats do spend. But Democrats spend where it goes through the American economy in the appropriate way. In, in other words, if I give $1,000 to a poor person, that money falls into the economy right away. That poor person may buy more bread, etc. That will cause the guy who uh, uh, makes bread to have to buy more flour. That would cause the poor person who sells flour to have to buy more from the factory. That factory will have to buy more from the farmer, etc., etc., etc. So it increases economic activity. It also increases innovation and a lot of other stuff. You give the money to the supply side, the, the rich folks. You give $1,000 to somebody worth a million dollars. That's nothing, right? They throw that $1,000 in the bank and nothing happens to that $1,000. You may say, well, that will be invested in some bit. What business will it invested in, right? The, the way you know if you need more supply is that people buy, people buy, people buy, right? So the, the Republican orthodoxy has always been wrong. MMT and Keynesian economics has always been what? solved or economic problems in a capitalist system that is not fair. Now, what Michael Rudden has to say that in as much as the economy is doing well in the aggregate, the higher numbers, that 60% of the people are still living paycheck to paycheck, to which I say that is true. The good thing about it is that they're getting a paycheck even as paycheck to paycheck. But let me stop there. They shouldn't be living like that. Because it's a structural problem in our economy that Biden can't solve by himself, nor Biden wants to solve. Progressives need to get to the next stage. The next stage means basic income. Uh, It also means Medicare for all. It also means laws that prevent uh, 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 executives from pilfering corporations, meaning affecting people away. You need all these these progressive additions to the, the, the laws that's been passed thus far. But as far as economic activity and so forth, yeah, the Democrats run rings around Republicans in economic activity. But we need to go further than what Democrats are doing. We need a progressive agenda that we fight for very, very hard to make sure that that 60% that is living paycheck to paycheck no longer lives paycheck to paycheck. That that 80% that doesn't have themselves a, 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 sure, a, secure, a secure retirement future, 
that they are taken care of. Those are the things that those are the structural changes to our economy that's necessary. But as far as how the economy is doing, by all the metrics that we measure economies, the economies of democratic presidents in the aggregate are always better than, and I've written about this several times, always better than that of Republicans because Republicans simply don't know how to govern because they are governing for a few, which means pilfering the rest. All of this can be proven. I've written about this for a long time. It's in my book, How to Make America Utopia. So, uh, you know, it, it, we, we, we need to start doing this seriously. Let's see what else we got here. Anybody has anything to say? Anybody wants to call in? Uh, the number is 281-823-7747. Anybody wants to close out the show with a call? Again, that number is uh, 281-823-7747. We'd love to hear the lovely voice of somebody. Uh, let's see. Uh, let me go ahead and put that picture back up for Bridge MCP. I think she wants that picture back up. Uh, let's see. Um, Let's see what else we got here. How do I share an image? Uh, she can stick. You can stick the link to the image. I think Bridge as uh, just take a copy of the image and and uh, once you bring it up in in your email or whatever, you can then just go ahead and share it. It's an easy easy task to do, Alistair. Easy task to do. Anyway, anybody wants to call in before we end the show? I don't have any more videos. Two eight one eight two three seven seven four seven. Egberto, Democrats are always better on the economy than Republicans, but what you have to understand is that better doesn't mean good. You're absolutely right. And I think I alluded to that when I said we need the structural changes. We need the structural changes all together. And when we get those structural changes, uh, that will work. What is it that you just sent me? Uh, um, that looks like it's a PDF file, brother. Let's see. If you're looking for an image hosting site, Adric, oh, that's a, that you're giving some suggestions. Alistair sent you a text to share at Egberto Willis. Okay, um, let's let me go ahead and look look for it, and I'll definitely share that text, my dear. Let's go ahead and do that. Let's go ahead and do that. To Alistair sent me something. I'm going to go check and see what Alistair sent. Um, I'm looking through my rings and i don't see that it got to me yet alistair i would love to put it out there but i don't i don't show that i got uh make sure you put it at, at egberto willies so i can see it just start send it like a message at egberto willies or maybe you sent it as a direct message let me see if that's what you did but no i don't see it as a direct message either uh let's no i don't see it as a direct message alistair so you may want to try to send it just send it as a regular text, uh, and then we can take it, uh, unless you sent it on the other text. Anyway, folks, 713, I mean, rather, 281-823-774. Oh, you sent it as a text, Alistair. Uh, no, you didn't. I, I got a text from you, but not with the image. So anyway, if you put it up there, I'll eventually get to it, my dear. I'll eventually get to it. I'll eventually get to it. Anyway, folks, anything else that you want to talk about, drop it in the chat. What else you want to talk about? Uh, let's see. Oh, PM, PM. Okay. Got you. Got you. All right. Let's see what else we got here. Anything else? Uh, anything else people want to talk about? 
para ver Salzburg Institute on Migration and Mobility Veils on Intellectual Tradition. Uh, studies of a new school provides space for research and scholarship, policy debate, and discusses with activists and artists around issues of global migration and mobility. All right. Okay, folks, we got to get out of here. Um, let me go ahead and ask you, those of you who are um, in, in the chat today, to please remember there are many ways that you can support our program. Uh, the all-encompassing way to support the program is to go to politicsunright.com slash support. Again, that is politicsunright.com slash support. I'm putting that link in the, in the chat right now. I'd love for you also to subscribe to our newsletter. It's free of charge. But for those who uh, become paid subscribers of our newsletter, uh, you get paid subscribers. You get access to all of my books, five books so far, and several more in the making. So please consider becoming a paid subscriber of our Politics and Right newsletter called Egberto Off the Record. Anyway, folks, we are going to shut this baby down a few minutes early. I want to thank all of you for showing up. Love you all. Uh, let's do this again. I'll be back on air tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock a.m. at KPFT 90.1 FM. And back here with my the, the, the real folks. When I say the real folks, all I mean is the folks who brought us back. Hey, Lee Grant, thank you so kindly for your super chat. folks. Lee Grant just gave us a great super chat. Thank you. He says, keep free speech alive. Lee, you actually spoke about you the other day on my KPFT show as a conservative supporter of politics and right. Thank you so kindly. Uh, Woohoo! From Bridge MCP. Okay, folks. So please go to politicsandright.com slash newsletter. Subscribe to the newsletter. It's worth it. And I, every so often, I, I put out some pretty good stories in addition to what the newsletter is used for. So again, I got to get out of here. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right. And you guys know how I end this, baby. I am what? I'm we spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel. And number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.